0: You are about to enjoy a presentation recorded at the 2021 Michigan Conference Camp Meeting held at Cedar Lake, Michigan. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the promise of your coming. Thank you for the Word of God that tells us more about it than just the fact that it's happening, but he gives us details and signs to watch for and even the manner that we can expect to see. Lord, help us to understand this message and be able to share it and understand what other people's misunderstandings are so everyone can be ready to see Jesus when he comes soon. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Jesus is coming. Amen. But how? <laughs> um, you know there's only When I think about I mean Jesus is literally standing there saying I will come again. And in my way of thinking about things and probably your way too just the same way that he goes away he's going to come right back. And this is a pretty straightforward black and white not much to be lost in translation idea. The same Jesus who went away is going to come back. Fair enough. But as we've already mentioned There's a great deal of the world who thinks the idea of Jesus coming back is less credible than UFOs visiting with aliens and whatnot. It's such an otherworldly, crazy concept. But you would expect that they're non-believers. But even inside the church, the Christian church uh, writ large, there is great confusion about how Jesus will make his second appearance. How's he going to come back? Is it some sort of And and you'll maybe hear some of these things espoused, but obviously we believe that it's a literal, visible, audible, global, actual event. Yeah, okay. But there are those who would claim to be Christian and no doubt sincerely believe that Jesus will come again in a, first of all, a spiritual way. And not just, and I don't mean just secret rapture. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a, a way that you won't see him, you won't hear him, you won't meet him, greet him, hug him, touch him, in any way, but he'll still come in the sense that he'll come into our hearts, It, it kind of spiritualizing away the literalness of the event. Okay, It's almost a mystical kind of coming. And in that scenario, the new heaven and the new earth that we look forward to being created is made through the improvement of society through God's people here and now. It's a very kind of here centered, um, taking away the grand cataclysmic event part of it. There, are some people look and say, well, it's just, I mean, it's not really going to show up with a bunch of angels and fire and. That's, I mean, that's just hyperbole language. He's really just going to come into our hearts and we're going to make the world better through being nice and that kind of thing. Is that what the Bible describes? Or a vast amount of the Christian world, especially the evangelical Christian world, have a different scenario that Jesus will literally come back, but it will... It will be an incomplete arrival. It'll come in phases, right? And the first time he comes back, it's going to be secretly, quietly, invisibly. So it's going to be silent and uh, invisible and limited. It's going to be incomplete. It's going to be just the first step. And then he's going to come back later. For, it's uh, this whole convoluted process. Yeah, there's the seven years, the tribulation, the whole thing, right? Okay. But then there's this other concept, which I call the scriptural view. <laughs> but it's just a plain reading of what the words actually mean at their face value. I will come again. The same me who is here is going to come back then. Okay? Literally, visibly, audibly, globally, and completely. Okay? Now, let's go to Revelation chapter 1. Let's defend this position from Scripture. And we can do this very Okay? Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. Who's going to be our volunteer to read this passage? You can show hands. You can make a noise. You can stand to your feet. Thank you, ma'am. Revelation 1, verse 7. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will what? See. See him. Well, that kind of takes a swipe at the invisibility part, right? Every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and we're not going to get into that, but we understand from Scripture, if we did a longer Bible study, that Jesus promised that a special group would awake, not to everlasting life, but to witness the return of the one they pierced. And it says all the tribes of the earth, a nod to the global nature of his return, will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. Matthew chapter 24. Now, I think this is particularly fascinating. Going back to our same explanation from Jesus himself about the nature of his return, signs to watch for, and the manner in which it will occur. Matthew chapter 24 says, well, well, we'll just start with verse 23. It says, Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. Okay? For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. So apparently there will be people, there will be a personation of Christ, that will seem like his second coming, but if you have to travel to go see it, (laughs) that's a signal that it's not the real thing. In fact, he goes on in verse 26, Therefore, if they say to you, Look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Or look, he's in the inner rooms, do not believe it. So, this again speaks to the global nature of it. If it's a point on the earth that people have to have their attention drawn to, he's over there and not here, that's a good indicator that that is not the right Jesus. Which also seems to imply there's going to be a wrong Jesus, right? There's a false Christ who's going to appear. And we know from the additional life, from the spirit of prophecy, that Satan, in his last effort to deceive the world, will personate Christ. There's going to be a fake second coming. But if you have to watch it on CNN, it's not the real thing. If you have to hear about it on social media, if somebody has to tell you to go, it's not the real thing, right? But if you don't know that for a fact, do you think it could be pretty convincing? Sure. Especially if there's accompanying miracles, And there's a spirit of love and harmony and unity, and all of a sudden those signs that were so scary are now calmed down. And here he is, could put on a pretty good show. But Christ says, watch out. I'm telling you, that deception is the thing. Watch out for it. Notice it also says, look, he's in the inner rooms. Do not believe it seems to anticipate maybe this spiritual mystical second coming idea. That's how he's going to be. He's like, it's not going to be like that either. It's going to be exactly, in fact, he goes on, verse 24, for as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. What does this metaphor of lightning represent here? Now, I'm from the south. You think about something being quick as breeze lightning. That means it's fast, right? But is that the type, is that the emphasis Jesus is talking about in lightning here? No, what's the the point of the lightning analogy in this passage? It it flashes, right? You can see it from the east to the west. And notice you're looking up (laughs) from east to west. and across the horizon. So it's not like you have to go to some secret chamber or have this magic code. Or you have to go way out in the desert to this isolated location. No, no, no. Every eye, just like Revelation, every eye will see it. It's not going to be secret, it's not going to be invisible, it's not going to be isolated, and it's not going to be incomplete. It's going to be broad and visible for the whole world to see. Now, go to Acts chapter 1. This is, I think, one of the best passages that speaks about the nature of Christ's visible return. Acts chapter 1, now as we're reading through these few passages here, starting with verse 9, you know the context here. This is after Jesus, of course, has risen from the dead. He's appeared to his disciples over 40 days, and now it's time for him to go to heaven to begin his heavenly work while we continue his earthly work of the church. Okay? Acts chapter 1, verse 9. Now, when he had spoken these things... Now, I want you to see if you can keep up on your hand or just in your mind. Count with me how many references specifically to visibility there are in this handful of passages. How many different ways he says to look. Okay? Now, when he had spoken these things, while they, what? Watched. He was taken up and a cloud received him out of their, what? sight. Sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? We've got four different terms for look. Watch, gaze, behold, I mean, on and on and on. Why do you stand gazing up into heaven? Now, let's think about the practical logistics of this. They are talking to a literal, physical existing Jesus. Right there. A person with a body. Right? This is not a mystical shining orb of light or some energy force pervading them. It's a guy with a body. Yes? And he's talking with them. Now, while he's talking, things get weird. (laughs) Would that capture the interest? If anyone today in this room like, say I'm talking right now, and if I just started floating, I doubt anything that happened anywhere else you would look at. I bet you'd watch the guy floating up. And you start wondering, what's going to happen in just a few feet? <laughs> you know, things are about to get intensely interesting, right? So they're gazing, they're looking, they're staring, they're they're seeing it. And he's going up. And it, Ever watch a balloon float up in the sky? Yeah. Or watch an airplane go off on its... And you try to see how far you can see it, right? So they're straining to watch. He's going up and just... Until finally he's not there anymore and you just have a group of men going like... And they had to look so silly. <laughs> like... And so the angel's like, hey, guys, why? Why are you looking? And you can imagine they're thinking, because he was... He-. And then he... We saw him go. Why do you stand gazing up into heaven? Now notice this. This, what's the word? Same Same Jesus. Who was taken up from you into heaven will so come. Now this is the important phrase here. In what? Like manner. (laughs) The same way he went up is the way he's going to come back down. In like manner, as you saw him go up into heaven. I don't know how much clearer scripture can be. See, look, gaze, behold, observe, witness, watch. I don't know what other words you can say, but it's a real thing that happened with real people in real time, and they were there, saw it, and they say, look, the same way you just saw him go up is the same way you're going to see him come down. It is a literal, visible event with a real Jesus. Not some mystical, spiritualized, away, energy force thing. And not some secret thing that only happens in the inner rooms or disappears you in the night and he never shows his face. No. That's not what the Bible teaches. In fact, look at 1 Thessalonians. We look at this one oftentimes in funerals. But think about it in the context of studying the manner of Christ's return. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15. The Apostle Paul invokes the Jesus his own explanation here. He says, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. He's like, this is just not my take on it or my hunch. This is what Jesus himself said. That we who are alive and remain, that is, to the second coming, until the coming of the Lord. Will by no means precede those who are asleep. Now check out verse sixteen. For the Lord, and it adds one other verse, and one other word. What is it? himself. Himself. Is Christ going to send a proxy or an agent or an angel or a messenger? Is he going to send a chariot and then wait for us? No. The Lord Himself will what? Descend from where? From now, take Acts chapter 1, what we just saw. The same Jesus who just went up will so come in like manner as you saw him, right? Now it says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. Now, notice we've added to visibility, we've talked about audibility. It's gonna be loud. Not only is it gonna be bright, but it's gonna be loud. It's gonna have a trumpet, a voice. The voice of the archangel, which is, of course, the voice of Jesus himself, as he's in his role as commander of the angel hosts. So if you don't catch the brightness and the seeing it, you won't miss the loudness. In fact, that voice is going to be so clear, so powerful, so divine, that what will happen is a result. That's right. And the dead in Christ will rise first. So just in case you miss the brightness of his coming and the loudness of his coming, you probably won't miss the graves opening up and the saints of God rising to new life. This is not a secret, quiet, invisible, spiritualized away thing. It's a literal, visible, audible, and praise the Lord, personal coming of Jesus Christ. He himself will come back the same way he went up. This is emphatically made clear in Scripture. And it goes on to say, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. Now, will the saints be caught up to Jesus? Yes. Before the second coming? No. They will be caught up at the second coming. Okay, so there is this misunderstanding that there's going to be a taking away of the saints first and then, no, 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 according to this scripture, literal, visible, audible, personal, global, and then we will rise. right? Then we who are alive shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Jesus said, don't go out in the desert. Don't try to seek me in the inner room. We're going to meet together. I'm going to call you up. When I come with that voice that called the dead to life and we'll meet together in the air. And thus, that means in this manner, in this way, we shall always be with the Lord. That's how we go be with Jesus, is when he comes to call us home at his second coming. According to scripture, that's what happened. Now, again, for many of us, this is biblical basics. This is Christianity 101. Now, let's go to Luke chapter 17. Starting with verse 26. Well-known passage, but misunderstood. It says, And as it was in the days of Noah, we've already read this part, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives and were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, so he's making a parallel between the experience of the lost in Noah's time to the lost in Christ's return. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so, it will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So clearly, he's like, the same experience they had then will be repeated at the second coming. In that day, still talking about the second coming day now, in that day, he who is on the housetop and his, and his goods are in his house, let him not come down to take them away, and likewise the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, in that night there will be two men in one bed, then one will be taken, and the other will be left. Ooh, that sounds real rapture doesn't it? Okay. Verse 35, two women will be grinding together. The one will be taken, and the other left. Two men will be in the field. The one will be taken, and the other left. Well, what about the left behind? Now notice the explanatory note here at the bottom of, uh, in your notes there, in number eight. Notice it says, if you read the passage carefully, the context tells us that it will be just like it was in Noah's day. There were only two groups, the saved and those destroyed. Likewise, in Lot's day, there was no secret coming and no second chance. The issue is not like some are left and then another thing, then he comes back again and again. There's going to be the saved and the lost, right? By the way, taken away, if you go back to the story of the flood, taken away, wasn't the good group, right? They're taken away to destruction, right? And those who were spared were those who remained, those who left, right? That there's two groups. There's the saved and the lost is the issue there at stake. It's not talking about some are going to be here living and somebody are there living. It's some are going to be alive and some are going to be dead. Some are be taken away to destruction. And others are going to be left to go with the Lord and when he comes. you see what I'm saying? The emphasis here is not that there's two living groups and they're just at different places and they're separated. No, no, no. It's, it's talking about one's going to be swept away like the, like the flood or like the fire and brimstone that came down in Lot's time, taken away by destruction. The others will be left alive. That's the concern there. There's no second chance. There's no other coming. It's not a secret. It's one and done. What... Let's talk about that for just a second. Let's say they stay on the earth. <coughs> What's happening on the earth? Destruction, right? And it's like, you could, it, you could take it that way. You could say, oh, no, wait, I mean taken away to Jesus and left here on the earth. Okay? The point remains, one is saved and one is lost. One is living, one is dead. One is redeemed, one is destroyed. So that the interpretation that many put on that is like, some are going to be living here and some are going to be living there. No, 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 there's going to be a living group and a dead group. And the Christ is coming for the living <laughs> and the others are going to be dead. That's the separation, the emphasis there that we're talking about. So you could, I know that argument could be, well taken away means taken away to heaven and left behind means on the earth. Okay, well the group that's on the earth, whether it's left on the earth or, or taken away on the earth, is going to die. You don't want to be that. What you want to be is part of those caught up with the Lord, together in the air. That's what we're looking for, the emphasis there. Anyway, um, you got to keep going. I'm sure there is. <laughs> and they answered and said to him, Where, Lord? So he said to them, Wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Sure, let's talk about that for just a very brief second. <laughs> what does that sound like? Death. Death. And destruction, that's the emphasis of the, that's the whole point of the parable, is to talk about there's only two groups, the saved and the lost, the living and the dead, right? And you could parallel that if you wanted to to the book of Revelation when it talks about the utter destruction of the word. It talks about let the eagles gather, and it's not a pretty sight. The point of the warning is that there isn't a second chance, that it's not going to be a secret, it's not going to be a multifaceted, multi-tiered process. When Jesus comes back, it's a singular, visible, audible, literal, global, personal, literal event. I don't know how many other adjectives we can put on it, but it means exactly what it means at face value in a plain reading of Scripture. That's the manner of Christ coming. Now, there are plenty of objections and questions about this doctrine, and if you notice, there's a handy little document attached to the end called Answers to Objections About How Christ Will Return. We could get into, what about the people who read prophecy this way, and the secret, and this and this, seven years, and the tribulation, and then this. The... I would encourage you to go through this and take a look. We don't have the time, obviously, today to go through this. And we got to keep moving. There's more stuff to talk about. we got to talk about fun topics like death, and hell, and the millennia. I mean, there's good stuff to get into. And I really, I, I'm not even kidding, I really do enjoy talking about Death. I know, it, it sounds so macabre, like that is the worst promo for a talk I've ever heard. Come talk about death. I have to work with him every day. Amen. <laughs> you know, when Mark started working with his hair, it was dark black and stuff. And it, 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 we've been together just a couple of years. And, yeah. <laughs> Same thing, anyway. <laughs> but tied together, in when we look at the second coming, and we just started into it, well, there's going to be the group that's dead. Well, what happens with the destruction of the wicked? and the experience of the redeemed, and we're going to look into all of that. These these key doctrines are not just arbitrary like popcorn randomly appearing out of thin air. We're talking about a connective understanding, a common thread of biblical truth. That as soon as you start saying, well, wait a minute, if Christ is coming back, and then the dead will rise, well, I thought the dead already went to... Yeah, so then you're saying, well, that new idea bumps into this other idea I had. Now, I'm going to have to... That's right. We've got to recalibrate our minds, and as Ms. White said, unlearn some things and relearn them directly from Scripture. And we're going to talk about that, how the Lord is going to deal with death and the destruction of the wicked and all of those kind of things. We're going to look at those things tomorrow. But you can look at some of the common objections if you want to study that a little bit more in detail tonight. We are only four minutes past five o'clock that makes me feel triumphant, if we're being honest. Anyway, I'm sure you have lots of questions, comments. If anything was unclear, please address it two days from now on Pastor Howe or whatever. <laughs> but I do, in, in all seriousness, there are an absolute ton of resources available, videos, uh, you know, these kind of uh, YouTube channel, the books, the, the resources. Please go to michigansspm.org to get all these resources and many, many others, okay? But let's close with a word of prayer today. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the comfort that comes from knowing the truth about, specifically, your coming. Lord, we want to know when, but more importantly, what to watch for as we anticipate the coming of Jesus. We not know how Jesus is going to come. But even more importantly that, Lord, we want to be ready for Jesus' coming. Teach us, Lord, to look to you every day, And by your grace, become more like you every day, so that when you come to take us home, it will truly be like going home. Lord, to that end, keep us faithful and make us useful for you. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. To listen to more of these presentations, you may visit the audio archives at misda.org audio 2021. Or search for Michigan Conference Camp Meeting wherever you get your podcast.